You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dad Well, as always, I don't need to preface this because you can see the timestamp, but just to be clear, um, the plan is to keep today a little bit short uh, for various reasons. But the biggest one, honestly, is that although today is a major news day, it really isn't. <laughs> um, there's a lot going on, and there's nothing going on at the exact same time. So we're going to kind of rapid-fire some of the things that are going on around the NFL, some of the stuff that's going on with Aaron Rodgers, uh, a couple other little points that I have uh, set up here, and then we're going to get up out of here. Uh, four starters, probably worth noting. Just again, around the NFL, there's a lot of quarterback stuff going on. Daniel Jones got himself big-time paid. That's kind of a, that is a tough situation that a lot of teams since the dawn of time um, have been stuck with. I effectually like to refer it, refer to it as the Andy Dalton problem. And that is, we can't get rid of him. But I also don't know if he's good. We know he's not Pat Mahomes. We know he's never going to be Pat Mahomes. He's not going to be Josh Allen. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. And we know that there will be Joe Burrows and those types of teams that will come along, possibly in this draft, maybe in the next one, I don't know. And you got to ask, is this guy going to hold us back? And I'm not entirely sure what the right thing to do is. Part of me thinks if you get stuck in that situation, don't pay him, dump him, get somebody else. Maybe you take a half a step backward, but then you have a chance to reload and actually get a superstar quarterback because that's what everybody genuinely needs and wants. But I think fear overtakes most teams, and they say, we can't get rid of Daniel Jones. Maybe, maybe, if we can just get way, 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 way better in terms of finding talent, we can actually beat those superstar teams that have those superstar quarterbacks. Probably not, but maybe. And really, it's more about fear. I don't want 20 years of darkness because we can't find a quarterback. I don't want to waste and squander what we have with our new coaching staff and our stud running back and all this fancy stuff that we got. I just need to make sure we can keep the freaking lights on in this place. So why don't we pay him whatever we can to see if we can get good enough to limp into the playoffs and get eliminated? Because I'd rather have that than the the 
absolute darkness and despair alternative. But if your goal is to win a Super Bowl in the next 10 years, does this help you or hinder you? I don't know. Maybe they can win with them. Maybe, maybe. Aside from that, the real big quarterback news not related to the Green Bay Packers is Lamar Jackson. As we know, this has been an ongoing situation with Lamar for quite some time. Um, he wants, presumably, I don't know the exact details, but he wants uh, big-time money, probably wants a lot if not fully guaranteed, and the Ravens don't want to do that. And a lot of the rumors are it's real ugly, it's real bad, He's they're headed for a divorce, this, that, or the other. I don't really know. But then things got super weird when seemingly out of nowhere, although uh, may have correlated with a decision made by the Ravens, I don't know. But about five different teams popped up or, or leaked it out or something, I don't know, that they have no interest whatsoever in pursuing Lamar Jackson. Now, I don't really find that to be entirely surprising, but it has sparked a massive outpouring of people who are screaming that this, this is clearly collusion. My issue is I'm stupid. I don't see how this works. Here's one tweet. It's by uh, Stephen Holder. One of, one of the things people do is they'll list out details and then just go, hmm, interesting. And then I sit there and go, yeah, it's interesting, but I don't know what you're getting at. Stephen Holder tweeted out, At this time one year ago, Deshaun Watson had a robust market despite high trade compensation and salary demands, not to mention baggage. Now a year later, you want me to believe it just happens to be crickets for Lamar Jackson. That's dot, 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 interesting. Yeah, I mean, you could say it's somewhat surprising, certainly. But what are we saying is, I mean, collusion doesn't make sense because why didn't they do it last time? Race doesn't make sense because Deshaun's black. His whatever issues off the field he might have, I don't even know what they are, don't make sense because as you pointed out, Deshaun has issues. So it is a different situation in, in terms of the market being there versus not being there. But I don't know what you're proposing as a theory as to what is going on. And even with the collusion thing, I don't really understand it. Well, the league doesn't want fully guaranteed contracts, so they're colluding to make sure that he doesn't get one. Why didn't they do that for Deshaun? Or what about Kirk Cousins, who gets one every year? And by the way, this whole thing is stupid because the premise is Lamar is this unbelievably elite like the best young quarterback that money can buy anywhere in the world. And any one of these teams could step forward and give him the contract that he's worth, and he is their quarterback. But it's more valuable to them to make sure that guaranteed contracts don't exist, even though they're currently being used and employed, and they're a thing and will continue to be a thing, regardless of what happens to Lamar. But it's more beneficial to you that other teams don't give out fully guaranteed contracts than it is for you to have Lamar Jackson, the best quarterback in football, as your quarterback. That makes sense to you? Like, yeah, we could have the best quarterback in football as our quarterback, but it's all about principle for us. That's what we believe is happening from the group of people who you're trying to convince me have no principles. Again, maybe I'm missing an angle here, but I don't understand what we're trying to get at. How does this work? Explain this process fully. Because it seems like a lot of people don't actually think these things through. They just love these 
big grand conspiracy theories where the big bad man tries to keep down the the small little man. And anytime they have an opportunity to say that that's happening, they just jump on it. But it's like, can we just flesh this out for a second? Like step by step, how does this work? Because I'm not, I'm not following you. Maybe I'm way off. Maybe there's a, a big obvious thing I'm just missing, but I don't get it. Doesn't it just make more sense that when you factor in Lamar, his injury history, the money he's looking for, and the trade compensation that would be required to acquire him, we're talking multiple first round picks, and you are going to have to give out guaranteed contracts for a guy that can't stay on the field for a half a year at a time? Doesn't it, can't we just say that it makes sense to say that I'm not interested in that? That's not what we're looking for at this time. That isn't to say that if he just gets absolutely outright cut by the Ravens that they wouldn't re-explore it, which by the way, they probably wouldn't come to terms because Lamar's still going to be standing on, I want this contract, and they're still going to say no. But teams, listen, the Ravens aren't willing to give him the contract he wants and they don't have to give up anything. They already have him. Why would another team give him the contract he wants and give up two, three first round picks for him? It's not even close to being an option. So yeah, it's of course it's not surprising that teams are going, yeah, I'm not interested. And I see some people say, well, why wouldn't you at least try? First of all, how do you know they haven't? And second of all, what is the point? But beyond that, like again, I, I just I don't understand what the alternative is here. Did did the Ravens like reach out to all 32 teams and say, listen, guys, Lamar's gonna leave me. And we gotta hold strong on this one. I know, I know you'd love to get him. But if you give him that contract, you know, the one that Deshaun got and the one that Kirk gets and the one that other guys can get and probably will get in the future, if you do that, that will set a precedent that has already been set and is already a thing. But it'll set a, a, it'll reinforce even further that precedent that already exists, that it's okay to do that. And we need to make sure that, that players know that it's not okay. So please don't accept this generous gift of an elite quarterback and instead turn it down. You need to hold strong so that I can keep him and so that I can continue to have this quarterback that you don't have. And the Browns, who are division rivals, who just paid Deshaun Watson, say, yeah, great idea. You got it, bud. I mean, you could argue Aaron Rodgers' contract was fully guaranteed. Dak Prescott's contract was basically fully guaranteed. It's $126 million guaranteed out of 160. Stafford is 120 out of 160. Jared Goff was 110 out of 134. What is that, like 85% of it? Not to mention, obviously, rookie contracts and fifth-year options are all fully guaranteed and everything else. But So, so it, it's fine if you want to guarantee 110 out of 134, but just not 134 out of 134. For that, we will, we will illegally collude and make it obvious by releasing these statements within five minutes of each other so that Twitter can freak out and spin this thing up like crazy and expose us and then let you keep this great elite, can't stop, unstoppable quarterback while we sit here and wallow in misery. That makes sense? These teams will do anything, anything. And, and the Browns are perfect evidence of that. They will do anything for a guy like that. You know what the big difference is between Deshaun Watson and uh, Lamar? It's Deshaun Watson and Lamar. That's the biggest difference. They're not going to collude together to keep a guy like Deshaun off their own team. They, they, they wanted Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson was a significantly, significantly better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had one MVP year. That's it. 
He's had two completely devastating injury-riddled years the last two years and was not as good as Deshaun in his heyday back in the day. Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback. I understand the -the off-the-field stuff, but the teams don't care about that. That's not a good thing. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying they don't. And listen, here's the bottom line. If a team thought Lamar was as good as Deshaun, they would happily give up all the compensation and all the money and make it fully guaranteed. They don't think he's as good, and they know for a fact he's not going to last as long. That's the issue. I, I just, I, again, I, I just, I just need somebody six zero eight five zero one zero seven one eight explain in the most convincing way that you can the argument that teams are colluding and how that is more beneficial to them than actually just getting the quarterback you want. But anyways, that is the Lamar news. Other quarterback news, um, there was talk about a Tom Brady return, although Tom Brady has come out and said, I can't do that, I have cats. But that whole thing kind of brings me to something else, and this all kind of ties in with everything else we've got to talk about with the Packers. But Rich Eisen, um, who continues to kind of get on my nerves, and it probably shouldn't, but there's just something about his arrogance that bothers me. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Rich Eisen is talking about rumors that he heard at the NFL Combine, and he talks about how openly people, you know, just the flow of information is just flying around out there. I want to play a little bit of this for you. And people are so eager to do it. It's nonstop talk. You see him at the Combine. You see him in restaurants. You see him at the bar. You see him at midnight. You see him all over the place. A little coffee, a little this. You got a breakfast, you got a dinner. I mean, everyone is everywhere, and it's spilled. And I compiled a list of things that I heard for a top five list. So he put together a top five list of things that he's heard. And it's all really good information. Good in terms of, like, big news. Not in terms of quality, because I have no idea the quality. But as soon as I heard him say that, it set off alarm bells. And it really made me question and think about things in terms of um, the reports that we've been hearing and, and the the weird nature of the fact that one minute you hear one thing, one minute you hear the exact opposite. And how it's like, what, what, how is this happening? Well, he just told you. It's because not only is this a good place to get like little insights or a little bit of breaking news or a little bit of this or a little bit of that. It's not like you got to know the right people and rub elbows and like go into these dark, shady rooms. These guys are everywhere talking to everybody and everybody's talking to everybody. What's the problem with that? It becomes a telephone game. Everybody's talking to everybody else and and the word has been passed. And by the time it gets to you, how many times has it been filtered through in this telephone game? Now, granted, if you hear a message and it's pizza singing loudly in the shower full of cheese, there's a decent chance the beginning message had something to do with pizza or cheese, or at the very least, somebody in the shower, you know? And you, you, it's not as though the whole thing was made up or, or brand new words, but it's, it's still, you don't know how reliable any of this stuff actually is because it's so much information and it's being passed through so many different filters and so many different people. And those people are mishearing, misreporting, adding their own little spin, adding this, adding that. And by the time it actually gets to your ears and my ears and we put our spin on it, who knows what in the world is going on? 
And it was shortly after seeing that, and, and oh, by the way, the um, let me go through his list here, if I can remember. I, I actually don't remember it. Uh, the, the number five was Philip Rivers, apparently reached out to two teams saying he wanted to come back. Number four is that the Bears are already having conversations about trade compensation. Number three is about Lamar. I think it was about how bad things are, but I can't exactly remember. Number two had to do with the Packers. Don't remember exactly what exactly he said. And then number one was about Tom Brady coming back. Now, since the Tom Brady thing has already been relatively debunked by Tom Brady, although not necessarily, it leads you to wonder about some of these other things and how true they are, right? For example, the Lamar thing. I don't remember exactly what he said. I think it said that he said that things are really ugly. Well, we've heard every single thing that there is to hear about Lamar on every side of things. So it's hard to know exactly what to believe about that. As far as Philip Rivers, no idea if any of that's true. We'll find out if eventually. The, the Bears thing is somewhat useless. And again, full disclosure, I'm quite sure they will trade the pick. It makes the most sense. But it still doesn't necessarily mean anything to say that they're hammering out compensation with people. What else would you be doing? If you're doing your due diligence, you're not only looking at quarterbacks, but you're talking to teams to see what they'd be willing to offer. And teams want to do the same thing with the Bears, even if they don't know if they want to move up. They want to know what the Bears are asking for. So you start doing all this stuff so that all these teams do due diligence. The fact that they're having conversations about exact compensation for trades doesn't mean a deal's about to be done. But anyways, that brings me to this next clip that I saw shortly after when I was contemplating how this doesn't sound like a good thing, the fact that everybody's just talking to everybody about everything. It reminded me of the telephone game. I saw this clip of Aaron Nagler talking to Rob Domofsky. Uh, when I was in Indy, I would run into somebody with the team in a hallway, and I would come away with that conversation thinking one thing. Let's just say, oh, they want to move on. Right. I'd see somebody else. I'd say, oh, boy, it sure sounds like they want them back. I'd see that person who left me with the impression that they wanted to move on. Yeah. Now he leaves me with the impression, let's say I talked to 10 people, but three of them I've talked to multiple times. Those people even changed my mind after talking to them both ways. So I, I have the answer there, and it's not so simple. So again, what's going on? Everybody's talking to everybody. And even people that you've, he, Rob just said, he'll talk to a guy, and he'll give him a quote-unquote scoop, and then he'll run back into him a day later or something. That guy's telling him the exact opposite all of a sudden about what he heard. So, you know, there, there, again, there's almost too much information flying around out there where people are hearing things, but it's based on what? I mean, imagine if you and I treated Twitter as a source, because in a way it kind of is, you know, it's somebody on the other side of this. But you could talk to me and I could tell you what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers situation. You talk to somebody else and they'll tell you something different about it based on who they looked at. Right? I could look at one source saying, giving one opinion or, or one detail about Aaron Rodgers and somebody else could do the same thing. And it's not that there's two different realities going on. It's just you talk to two different people who give you two different impressions. And then you again, you add your little spin on it. Based on that, I'm going to interpret that, that Aaron Rodgers is gone, et cetera, et cetera. Which, finally, brings us to the main item at hand. And actually, since I said I wanted to keep it short, why don't we go ahead and take a break here, and then we'll come back and talk about this Aaron Rodgers-Jets situation. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so this this is all moving so incredibly fast that I forget what we've even talked about and what we haven't. I know also some of this was packing that after dark. So if you don't listen to that, then you might get left behind a little bit. Initially, the first time, so, so obviously this thing with the Jets has gone on for a long time in terms of the Jets. Well, let, let's be honest. The, the first time we've heard anything real about this situation, the Jets said, yes, we are looking for a veteran quarterback. Then the Jets made it very clear, um, although without naming Rodgers because it would be considered tampering, um, I think it was Woody Johnson said something to the effect of, well, look, he's an incredibly, ta- we're, we're looking for incredibly talented veteran quarterbacks. He's an incredibly talented quarterback. I'll let you connect the dots on that. Right. So, okay. So we know the Jets are interested. After that, it was mostly crickets. There's a lot of speculation, not a lot of concrete information. Pretty much anything honest that was coming out was the next shoe to drop is we got to figure out what Rodgers wants to do. Then, funny enough, the next thing that was like potential was Aaron Nagler reporting that he had overheard or, or possibly seen, but I doubt it, uh, Aaron Rodgers in New York. And it was kind of a, most people are like, oh, please, it doesn't mean that. You're an idiot. They're not even in New York anyways. They're in New Jersey. You guys are so stupid. You're overreacting to everything. His girlfriend is in New York. You know, all the other things he could possibly be doing out there, the movies, the food, the whatever. And I, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, probably shouldn't overreact to it. That's true. But at the same time, it is a little odd. Shortly after the Jets had in-person meetings and flew Derek Carr out, and then Carr gets a new, jo- uh, a new job, Rodgers just so happens to be in the area, right? He was just in, like, Oregon or whatever state doing a darkness retreat. He could be anywhere in the world, including Green Bay, Wisconsin. He's supposed to be having meetings with them. If he's going to be traveling anywhere, you think he'd be Green Bay, Wisconsin, or he'd probably be in California would make a lot of sense. Is it, isn't it a little weird that of all the places literally in the world, because he could be anywhere in the world, that he's in New York? At the exact same time, he's supposed to be making a decision about what he wants to do with his future. One of those options, essentially one of three, would be to move to New York or New Jersey or whatever. I don't exactly know how that works. Like, is it right on the... I suppose everything's right on the border of New Jersey because it's not a very big state, but whatever. How long does it take to get to from one side to the other? Robot gave me a very long answer, roughly two hours depending on traffic, but that's uh, I'm skeptical of that answer. Anyways, it just seemed really odd that it was exactly that area at exactly this time when he's supposed to be making a very specific decision 
about one of three decisions, and one of those decisions involved that exact location on the map. But okay, whatever, we kind of move on from that. Then, news breaks, he did. He met with them. It's being reported he met with such and such. And it, it was one of those where it's like, well, is that a real report? Or then there was a, a, the Jets guy from The Athletic who's like, yep, I confirmed it. It's a real thing. And then Ian Rappaport picks it up and he's like, yep, I confirmed it too. It actually happens. Like, holy crap. Like, this is real? This actually happened? Like, this is, this is happening then. This is really freaking happening. And I'm thinking, maybe he's still out there. I don't really know. And then we come to find out the Jets are on a jet flying to California to meet Rodgers. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't understand. I thought he was like two days ago, he was in New York. And now then he went to California and they just followed him. Like, wait. But that's what happened. And we got people tracking that flight all the way in. I saw two different accounts, including Tyler Herrick, who's always good for that, tracking the private plane, flying into the exact airport. Then we had a guy who was hilarious. He's a Jets fan in California. He found out that Aaron Rodgers was going to be going to an airport that was only two hours away from him, which in my opinion is kind of far, but I guess in California, that's like your next door neighbor. And he decided he was going to go to the little cafe. So he sat outside and he waited and sure enough, he saw it. So he's giving live updates, or at least two live updates. He saw Aaron Rodgers and one other person approach the Jets, private jet, greet them in person at the airport, which seems crazy to me because I would assume they fly into California and, um, you know, they meet him at his house or they they go out and, you know, he's not going to go to the airport and meet him there, but he met him there. So that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, then according to this person, they meet and then they go into this brown building or whatever. And approximately one hour later, they emerge from the building. An SUV drives back out to this plane. Everybody, including Aaron Rodgers and this other person presumed to be his agent, get on the plane and leave the airport. Now, if I was a betting man, I would say, although it makes absolutely no sense why Rodgers would fly out to New York, then fly back to California just so that he could fly back out to New York. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But leaving that all aside, where the heck are they going on that plane? I mean, clearly, just based on that information, they flew into California to pick him up. Maybe they just flew somewhere nice to go get dinner. Hey, I know this nice place in Austin, Texas. You can go get some steaks and talk there. Get away from the crowds. Get away from the cameras. So nobody knows where we are except for the people that track our airplane and know exactly where we are. There's other possibilities. But none of that really makes a ton of sense. Why don't we get down to business? If I didn't know any better, I would say they're going to pick him up to fly him back to New York to finalize a deal. I'm not saying it makes sense, but I think it makes the most sense, right? Again, if you're just meeting with Rogers, why would Rogers go to the airport? They would meet you somewhere, either, again, at your house, they could go at a private, whatever, it doesn't matter, somewhere in California, near your home, there is no reason for Rogers to go to the airport and then have a one-hour meeting just to make sure everything's good and then jump on the plane. And why would you need to jump on the plane? Oh, I don't know, so that he can go back into the facility and do a photo op of him signing some kind of a deal with the Jets helmet sitting next to him. Something of that nature, perhaps? But then we start hearing from Ian Rappaport and some of the other people that this has nothing really to do with a deal, necessarily. This is just all a part of the process which in and of itself makes sense, apart from the fact where none of this makes any sense. So to kind of give you an idea of how this works, 
Rogers went into his darkness retreat. He's been he's been contemplating a lot of things, contemplating re- the, the biggest things, contemplating retirement and contemplating going back to the Green Bay Packers. He's to some degree been contemplating everything else, but the problem is he doesn't exactly know how all that works. So in order to fully flesh out that side of it and doing again due diligence, he wants to know how this works. So in other words, he didn't go to the Packers and say I want to be traded. He went to the Packers and he said, "Listen, I don't really know yet. I haven't fully made up my mind." but I want to explore exploring it. And the Packers are like, yeah, that sounds good. I think that's a good idea. Why don't you have some conversations with them? We've already got these things set up, blah, 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 blah. You guys talk and then get back to me and let me know what you think. And he says, all right, I'm going to go talk to the Jets and see what see what we come back with. Then again, now that I think about it, all of that could be true at the same time. Maybe that is what happened. Maybe Roger says, I need to think this out. Oh, hold on. I got the full package for you. Ready? I'm going to be so pissed. If news breaks before this podcast comes out and everyone's going to be like, you saw it first and then you did the thing. Here's how this works. Ready? Aaron Rodgers says to Brian Gutekunst, I don't have an answer. All right, so Gutekunst's at the at the combine, whatever. He's trying to talk to Rodgers and all this stuff. And then after the combine, he's like, all right, what do you got for me? He's like, I'm not sure yet. He's like, you son of a... Jeez. All right, yeah. All right, what 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 do we got to do to kind of come to a resolution on this? He says, I... I I think I'd like to play, I don't know, I'm, I'm ad-libbing a lot of this. It doesn't really matter, but just shh, <laughs> bear with me. I think I'd like to play, I just, I, I can't quite rule out going somewhere else yet, but I can't commit to that either because I don't exactly know how that works. I'd like to at least, with your permission, have some conversations with them, see how it goes, et cetera, et cetera, right? Gutekunst is like, yeah, no problem. I give you permission to to go ahead and have those conversations, of course, because Gutekunst wants him gone. So what happens? In the dead of night, he tries to sneak out, gets to New York, evades the entire 60 billion people that live there, except for one Aaron Nagler who happens to bump into him. <laughs> of course. Again, I'm making this whole story up. So he meets with them, right? They meet, they have dinner, they have a great meeting, all that stuff. Rogers flies back to California. He says, I'll let you guys know he flies back to California. I don't remember the exact timeline, but let's say it was about two days later, the Jets are following him out to California. Here's what happened in those two days. He made up his mind. He made his decision. He talked to Brian Gutekunst and the Packers. He talked to the Jets and he said, I've made my decision. I would like to be traded. Once that was decision was made, the boys got on the plane. Wait, wait, hold on. They wouldn't need to fully do that. Hmm. Would you send your entire crew, including your owner and everything, to California to pick him up? I don't think so. Well, let me finish the story anyways, because it's just getting good. They decide to fly out there. It's, it's, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm right there or something. I'm on the verge. I think I want to do it. I just have a question or something. I don't know. I don't know how this works. So they fly in, and that's because remember, they had like a one-hour meeting. So they fly in. They shake Roger's hand. They go in. They sit down. Wait. Wait. Maybe... Again, I don't know if you need everybody there, but maybe they went in that building, they got on a conference call with the Green Bay Packers just to make sure everybody's on the same page as far as how everything works out. Again, doesn't really make sense why everybody needs to be there, but just shut up. Leave me alone. I'm on fire here. So Gutekunst, Lafleur, Mark Murphy, whoever else needs to be there, right? The whole power crew for Green Bay is on the call. The Jets are there with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe as a show of force to make sure he doesn't back out. You know, it's harder to back out when everybody's there. You really want to, I mean, that's the thing. You want to close the deal. You got to close the deal. So that's why they did it. They flew out there. 
They're all sitting down and they hammer out all the details as far as compensation. Everybody's on board. Here's what Rodgers wants to do. Here's what the Packers want to do. Here's what the Jets want to do. Everybody agrees. It's an agreement, essentially a name, because obviously no paperwork has been processed. And until it's signed, delivered, processed, sent to the league, it's not official, but basically it's official. At that point, Rodgers gets on the plane with his agent. They're flying out to New York to sign the deal on the dotted line, do the photo ops. They're getting ready to make this major announcement because the Jets are going to want to make an announcement because they're the ones selling all the freaking jerseys and the tickets and everything else with Aaron Rodgers. So they want to be able to do the photo op or at least have it ready so that when Rodgers decides who he gets to leak it to, which, you know, they'll figure this out probably tomorrow, Rodgers is going to leak it to Pat McAfee or one of his buddies. They're going to leak the information. At that time, you're going to see the photo op, bing, bang, boom, The Jets are saying, here's this, that, or the other. The Packers will have their press release all ready to go, all their statements that they want to say, and everything's ready. They're going to prepare Jordan Love. They're going to get on the phone with him. By the way, a big uh, video just came out of him getting prepped and ready. You know, all the optics are getting ready. Everything's getting to go. The Jets got their optics. The Packers got their statements ready to go. They got visuals of Jordan Love out there putting in work out in Cali or wherever he is doing his work. Everybody's just getting ready for the big announcement. And guys, and here's the other thing, although they don't know yet because they wouldn't have said things like this is just due diligence. Guys like Ian and everything else, they're being told, shut your mouth. I'll give you the details, but you got to shut your mouth until I say so, and they will. And so they'll be given full details. This is why when everything comes out, it's like, so Pat McAfee releases the information. 15 seconds later, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, everything else, here's the full detail breakdown for you because they already knew they were just told to keep your mouth shut until so, you know, Rogers gives it to his buddy. There you go. Just told you what's going to happen. Tomorrow's the big day, or today, I guess. There's going to be so many people mad at me when it doesn't get announced today. Maybe it'll take a couple days to work it through. I don't know. I don't know where he went. And by the way, that story might have just been fake, and maybe they did just go get dinner. Maybe they hopped on a plane, went over a couple towns, got dinner, and flew him back home, and then the Jets flew. That would be a lot. It's a six-hour flight. I mean, it's long either way. Even if they picked him up and just went back to New York, it's 12 hours. That's pretty wild. Here's, obviously, the the the... There are some flaws with that as, as far as, you know, the, the biggest one being why would everybody, Woody Johnson, the owner, the GM, the head coach, and the offensive coordinator were on that plane. Again, you want to bring the, the whole crew if you want to get this deal done 100% or whatever. I, I understand that, but maybe you don't want to get on the phone. But here's the other thing. Here's kind of what I'm batting around. The other side of this potentially is that maybe the negotiation didn't really get anywhere with Rodgers in New York. And Rogers like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I got to go. They're like, all right, yeah, yeah, okay. So what happens? Well, think about what happened back in 2021 when things were not going well with Rodgers and the Packers. The Packers kept sending contingents out to see Aaron Rodgers. Gutekunst would fly out to go visit him. Matt LaFleur would fly out to go visit him. They kept sending these people out to go, like, you know, do their mea culpas. Please forgive me. Please come back. We miss you. We love you. I'll do anything for you. Maybe the Jets are doing that. Now, that would make more sense in terms of why you would send the whole crew. They really want to close this deal. But again, if that's the case, why would Rodgers meet you at the airport? And why would he get on a plane an hour later? If this is Aaron Rodgers giving you the cold shoulder and saying, I don't know, guys, I'm just not really fully feeling it right now. 
They would roll out the red carpet themselves. In other words, we'll fly out there to your turf. We'll meet with you. We'll go to your home. We're going to make you feel comfortable. What, you know, you don't have to do anything. You're not going to, I'm not going to call you and be like, all right, meet us at the airport. And then we'll have a little meeting in this, in this building at the airport. You're not going to do that. That's not a, that's not a sales pitch. Although even in that scenario, the story could still work. Maybe things weren't set up and he's like, let's just, we'll just meet you out there. And then the meeting went so well that within an hour, they got on the plane and they're headed back, ready to rock and roll. They, they, they closed the deal. But again, even that doesn't make sense because if it wasn't right, unless, unless Rogers was just playing hard to get and he was ready to rock and roll the whole time. You know, he's just being like, uh, you know, like a young lady just playing hard to get, pretending she's not interested or whatever. But yet he's, she's going to meet you at the airport. I don't know. The, the analogy is breaking down a little bit. I don't know what's going on at the airport or why we're meeting in a building for an hour, but... We don't need to worry about that, okay? Actually, it looks like... <laughs> I don't know that Rodgers didn't go back to, uh, to New York, but it does look like it flew from that, uh, from that airport to LAX. That's where it went. So if they took Rodgers on that plane, if that report is indeed true, they just took him to LA. If I had to guess, honestly, they were refueling. <laughs> that would be my guess. Uh, anyway, but still, the, the, the whole thing... Regardless of the, the details, is it's a fun puzzle to try to put together. But like I said, at the end of the day, what news do we have? Nothing really. It certainly seems a lot closer, but at the same time, if you take what Ian and everybody else is saying, we're really not that much closer. Where were we a month ago? Rogers has to choose whether it would be better for him to retire, play for another team, or play for the Packers. Where are we right now? Rodgers has to choose whether he wants to retire, play for the Packers, or play for another team, presumably the Jets. The only reason we're moving a little bit closer in one direction is um, you could maybe rule out... You, you could infer that he doesn't really... You can't even do that. I was going to say he doesn't really want to retire, but maybe he will decide he wants to retire. At the very least, there is some desire to play football, right? He wouldn't be exploring all this if he didn't want to play football, but that doesn't mean he isn't still weighing it. Maybe he's going to go through all this and go, ah, screw it, I'm just going to retire. I know it seems absurd at this point to even explore this as an option, but in reality, why, why wouldn't we explore this, including him playing for Green Bay? Well, wh wh what would all this be? I just explained it. He has to decide if this is what he wants to do. Now, the fact that this is sort of a second interview of sorts or a second date, I mean, let's be honest, the third date, you would assume we're signing paperwork, right? That's the way this usually works. But again, the fact that it's a second meeting could just be as much bad news as it is good news. I mean, the Jets tried real hard and they were courting uh, Carr. They had him out. They were secret you know, snapshot photos of, oh man, there's Kari sitting down and they're laughing and yucking it up. They're having a great time and the Jets are pushing real hard. And within a week, he's playing for a new team. So what, what did all those photoshops, photo shoot, photo, photo ops, what did that mean? It meant nothing. Not a single thing. All the meetings, all the flights, all the this and that and the other thing. At the end of the day, he wanted to be a saint. So again, we're still sitting here saying, we have to wait and decide and see what Rodgers wants to do, which is where we were yesterday and the day before that and the week before that and the month before that. And, and, and if you're not annoyed yet, let me add another layer to this. It's entirely possible he has other meeting setups with other teams. For all we know, 
tomorrow he's going to hop on a plane and go to Vegas or another team is going to be, maybe other teams have already been in. We don't know who's been out there to hang out with him, right? So we feel like this is the, the big conclusion, like something's coming, something's about to happen. I, I think 99% of people feel like there's going to be a Rodgers to the Jets announcement in the next five minutes or so, including me, who's contemplating the possibility that he's in New York signing paperwork right now, which still could be true, by the way. Not likely, but maybe. Never know. If it is, I want full credit. If it's not, I'd like it noted that I said that could also not be true. That's how that works. And the only thing that's really constraining this is the fact that Gutekunst, you know, put his foot down and said, I want an answer before the 15th, to which Rogers has the option to either um, oblige that or say, nah, I need more time, to which Gutekunst will say, fine, because <laughs> he has no choice. So um, I could sit here and tell you that I think it's going to happen before then. Just like I said, I think it's going to happen today or yesterday. Just like I said before that, I think it'll probably happen last week. Um, But I guess I just don't know anymore. And again, just circling back to the beginning, this feels like massive news, like some of the biggest Packers news I've ever experienced in my life. The, the the news that Rodgers is on the cusp of being traded to the Jets, but at the same time, zero news. No news. Nothing. So uh, the final thing that uh, I wanted to bring to your attention, I briefly mentioned it before, but uh, report and video to accompany it of Jordan Love outdoing work. Cameron Wolf of NFL Network says, As we await Aaron Rodgers' decision, Jordan Love's quarterback coach Steve Calhoun told me, Love's main focus is becoming the Packers' starting quarterback. Love began offseason training yesterday with armed dangerous quarterbacks in OC, 65 throws, refining footwork mechanics, and Matt LaFleur's personal improvement notes. Then there's a short little video of some of the work that they've got him doing out there, but and look, I can't sit here and say for sure that I know what Rodgers is doing. I'm sure he's got his own thing going on or whatever, but I really do appreciate this. I'm sure there are other guys on this team that work as hard as Rashawn Gary, but you know what? Rashawn Gary puts out videos, and so I know how much he puts in work. And I know he's not just out there eating Cheetos. I mean, he might be. Maybe he eats more Cheetos and less work than some of the other guys that don't put out videos. But the point is, I want this to be what is expected. I want it to be, this is what we do. This is how Green Bay operates. When you guys are out sleeping, while you guys are out partying, while you guys are out there, you know, spending all your millions, what's Jordan Love doing? He's grinding. He's out here trying to get his. He's out here getting ready to be the greatest and to make this the greatest team. In fo- it, again, it doesn't matter. It's perception. And it's also good for the rest of the, 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 the players on the team because you know what? They didn't know what Rodgers was doing either. And as much as it might be stupid to have people say things like what I'm saying and say, oh, you really think that Rodgers was just sitting around doing nothing and, and all he did was you know smoke ayahuasca or drink ayahuasca or whatever, however that worked, while Jordan Love is working, that's ridiculous. It might be, but you know what? That's going to be the perception, not just of fans, but of some players. It might be stupid, but I think we think too highly of players sometimes that they're somehow omniscient. You think that they know more than what's on social media? How? Rodgers said admittedly he doesn't really talk to these guys. I mean, maybe he talks to them or whatever, but uh, just doesn't hang out with them. No, come on. You think they're texting late at night, but yet he wouldn't have them over for dinner? They don't talk. So everything that these guys, with, with the exception of 
Randall Cobb and David Bakhtiari. Do you think there's anybody on this Packers team that really had any kind of conversations with Aaron Rodgers and would have any idea what he's doing in the offseason? Of course not. You think Josiah DeGuara is getting updates on Rodgers' offseason program? No, all he knows is what he sees on social media, same as us. And so when the locker room has two pictures, even right now, there's two pictures. Hollywood Rodgers, right, who's, who's doing the media circuit. You see him golfing. You see him doing all this different stuff. And where's, where's Jordan Love? There's no flashing lights. There's no media. Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers was in this park right now? The whole world would be descending on this place. It would be an absolute circus. Everything Rodgers does is hot. he's hanging out with Brady. He's hanging out with Pat McAfee. He's got all the big-name people, all the big-name this, all the big... And here's the underdog, you know? There really is somewhat of a, like, rocky component to this. Not a single person out there watching this guy. No media attention. All the world is trying to figure out what Rodgers is doing. Nobody's talking about Jordan Love. Nobody cares about Jordan Love. We have two quarterbacks, and one is grinding and working and crushing it. The other guy is trying to decide if he even wants to play football anymore or if he even wants to be a Green Bay Packer anymore. There you go. There's your two quarterbacks. Anyways, let's end with this since we're talking about Jordan Love. This absolutely made me smile. Um, This is former NFL head coach Mike Martz. You may remember Mike Martz from 33rd Team talking about how much he thought Justin Fields was trash. A little bit of that got misconstrued because they clipped it in such a way where he was talking a little bit about Justin Fields and then transitioned the most harsh criticism to Trey Lance, and it sounded like he was talking about Justin Fields, but he still said Fields is kind of trash, which made me laugh. Well, anyways, after dogging on uh, Fields, and Bears fans freaking hate this guy so much because of that, and you can already see some people who are posting this about Jordan Love on social media, Bears fans coming out, oh, Mike Martz? That guy's stupid. Uh, and they they hate him because of what he said about Justin Fields. But here's what that same head coach who watched Justin Fields and was highly critical and watched Trey Lance and was highly critical of their ability, which the reason I like that is because there are certain people out there who are analysts, who are, especially if they're former quarterbacks or whatever, they tend to be more pro quarterback. Not to say they're never critical. Some people are never critical, but um, they tend to be less critical. But to have a guy that just is brutally honest and says some really harsh stuff. I mean, he's an old-school coach, and there's nothing more brutally honest than just not just an old-school guy and just a coach, but you mesh those two things together, an old-school coach, and he they will just shred you. But here's what he had to say about Jordan Love. From what I've seen of this kid, I'd hang on to him. I'd do everything. I'd bet the ranch in this guy. I, I, I was dumbfounded when I saw him. I think just watching him, I've never been so um, shocked or taken by a guy at first glance as I was with his Jordan Love. You can see him in the pocket and he has to bail to his right, but just slow down on his eyes. His eyes are down the field. He bails without looking at the pass rush, which is really good, but he's got a very dynamic delivery, much like uh, Aaron has. Um, He's very strong in the legs. He sets himself all the time to throw and uses his legs very well, and that's important because that's consistency and and, uh, accuracy, all those things. So the the legs are a big deal. And he's calm in the pocket. He's got great presence. What he does with the ball is a lot like what Aaron Rodgers does. He's really quick with it and accurate, like Aaron was. He's got, he moves better 
than Aaron does at this age. And he's not going to be overwhelmed by anything because he's been in the program now for three years. He understands the offense intimately. And that's a really, really, really big deal for a guy in his first start. Whatever you got to do to keep him, you know, they've invested three years in him in the same system. I think you hang on to him, do whatever you can. Whether it's another year or two years down the road, I think he'll end up being a heck of a player for him. By the way, to everybody who's like, oh, Mike Martz, he's a complete joke. Um, to all the fat, stupid, idiot quarterback coaches on uh, the Twitter machine who think that they know more than Mike Martz, I would just like to remind everybody, he was the offensive coordinator for the Rams when Kurt Warner won two MVP awards and led the team to a Super Bowl title in 1999. So let's start with that when we want to uh, try to compare, should I believe Bear Down 86 on Twitter? Or Mike Martz in terms of their assessment of quarterbacks, uh, should I believe you know Bear Now Bear Down eighty six or the guy that coached Trent Green who became a Pro Bowler when he went to the Rams and Chiefs, the guy that helped Mark Bulger become a two time Pro Bowler with the Rams, and by the way, probably to this day the best quarterback that uh, the Bears ever had. Maybe you could say it's not because of Mike Martz, but Jay Cutler. You know who was the Bears offensive coordinator in twenty ten and twenty eleven? Mike Martz. But here's the thing. Even the worst, most garbage quarterback coaches in the entire NFL are going to have significantly better opinions on quarterbacks than randos on Twitter who want to point out that this guy was a coach of a team that wasn't good at a period of time. The guy was the freaking offensive coordinator of the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. Again, worked with Kurt Warner, Trent Green, Mark Bolger, Jay Cutler, just to name a few. The guy's dedicated his life to this craft. That doesn't mean he's right. But to dismiss him outright and say, you're an idiot because you don't like Justin Fields and you do like Jordan Love, okay, sure, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, let me listen to what Mitch Trubisky as the answer 77 has to say. I'm sure Jay Fields is the truth. 986421 is completely unbiased in this assessment and probably has spent the last seven decades working with quarterbacks. I should trust that guy over Mike Martz. That's probably what I should. That's what I'll do. I'll probably do that. Again, Mike Martz could be wrong. No doubt about it. I'm not saying you have to believe everything Mike Martz said. I've already railed against that, against, you know, being told that you have to believe what these people say. But but, but what I don't like is trying to discredit Mike Martz as though the guy doesn't know anything and shouldn't be believed because he's such an idiot. The guy was literally a quarterback's coach. First of all, he's been coaching since 1973. First quarterback coaching job in 1983 for Arizona State. He was a quarterback's coach for the Rams, quarterback's coach for the Redskins, and then offensive coordinator for the, uh, let's see, the Redskins, the Lions, the 49ers, and the Bears, and was an NFL head coach for like five, six years for the Rams, not to mention the San Diego Fleet in 2019 for one of those floppy leagues out there. So yeah, he could be wrong, no doubt. But I would probably take his opinion to be somewhat more valid than just any old rando. But but again, it's worse than that because the way that it's being portrayed by Bears fans is that he should have less credibility than random people on Twitter. That's the way it's being portrayed. You can disagree with him if you want. But to say Mike Martz, LOL, as though it's not even admissible in the court of Twitter, that it doesn't belong in the conversations that are happening between a pile of idiots, 
myself included in those groups of idiots. Really? He's not allowed in our club? It's quite a stance to have. But anyways, um, very glad for whatever it's worth to have Mike Martz's approval. And it, it really just goes on to, again, none of this necessarily by itself means anything, but it is nice to see the Packers organization watch what he did last year and go, dang, that's our dude, man. That is our guy. To have Darius Slay, who played for the Eagles against Jordan Love, say, holy crap, didn't expect this at all. To have every player in the Packers organization that's been asked about it say, oh, 100%, from Devondre to Aaron Jones, I think Devontae Adams last year, even including Aaron Rodgers, by the way. And now you got people like Mike Martz, you got other people around the league saying, I don't know, man, I've talked to some people. Based on what he did, it seems like there's something there. It makes me so happy. And you know what? Just the fact that the conversation is happening, I'd, oh, we'll, we'll save this for another time. I knew this was going to go long. If and when Rodgers goes somewhere else, I have a prediction. I didn't think this was going to be the case, but I'm noticing a more positive turn with Jordan Love. I thought it was going to be more hate toward Jordan Love, but there seems to be a positive spin happening, which makes me really happy. But the fact that he's going to start getting hyped up is going to piss off Bears fans so much. Oh, they're going to hate it. Oh, I'm, I hope so bad that this gets spun up. Because no matter what happens, they're going to have to sit in it. They're not even going to be allowed to celebrate for one second. Because immediately after he gets traded, they're going to try to do jumping jacks, jumping up and down. And all that's going to be happening in the media is two things. Number one, bragging about how great Jordan Love has looked. And every interview that's going to be happening around the league or, or in the media about the Green Bay Packers is, is trying to get insights on Jordan. And everybody's going to say he looked real good. I think they've got something in him. And then the second thing they're going to be hearing is how they should really strongly consider trading Justin Fields because he sucks. And even the people that think that they shouldn't trade, it's not like, are you out of your, I mean, some people say, are you out of your mind? He's great, but it's mostly fake. It's more of a, no, you should hang on to him because if he can learn to throw like a big boy, then maybe they could have a football team that doesn't suck and get, you know, not a number one overall pick for being the worst team in football. But we'll see. That's what, oh, I, I love this so much. I love this. Anyways, I got to go. You guys have a great rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.